0: One person uh, just to bring up ahead of time uh, from today's meeting is Pete Tentler. If he's right over here. He's going to speak uh, or you know talk to you about the oper- networking opportunities with our trifectas.
1: Uh, thank you, Bill. For those who are uh, new here or guessing for the first time, at the end of the meeting, I'm going to pair you up with two other people hopefully people that are going to complement your industry. Thank like you, Bill. And we got a little bit late getting the card bowl out there in the front. So we call this the trifecta. And the idea behind the trifecta is getting together uh, for breakfast, coffee, lunch, a hike, maybe or a happy hour, and just get to know each other, not just on a business level, but on a personal level. So you get to know and, and trust that person that you want to do business with. So uh, I'm going to pass the bowl around one more time. Go around this way. And uh, just remember, in a trifecta, everybody wins.
0: Pete, thank you so very much. Um, uh, Pete is uh, really a master networker as well as expert in reverse mortgages. So thank you much for leading the charge there. Um, I typically participate and uh, it's a great way to get to know people. And we had a good one uh, last week. Without any further ado, just want to introduce Pete and uh, Paul. Um, They're going to be talking about the planning opportunities with um, uh, reverse mortgages and uh, planning for the retirement. And of course, you know, with our aging clients, uh, you know, we're all um, integral to in their planning for their retirement needs, you know, from ascertaining the cash needs of our clients and evaluating the various sources of income or other cash inflows. Uh, we're always exploring the, the client's needs and looking for any solutions to uh, provide any short, providing any shortfalls. Um, first up is Pete Tentler. He's a CR, uh, CRMP. Uh, he is one of only 171 certified reverse mortgage professionals uh, nationwide, awarded by the National Res- Reverse Mortgage Lenders Association. He's been serving in the retirement uh, lending industry since 19, 1990 and offering reverse mortgage opportunities since he moved to San Diego in 1994. Over these years of service, he's diligent, diligent focus and accountability to every client's needs, has earned the status of trusted advisor to wealth advisors, CPAs, bankers, and legal professionals for their clients' reverse mortgage inquiries. These services include retiring mortgage payments, cash flow solutions, asset protection strategies, and reverse mor- using reverse mortgages for purchase financing. Um, as I've come to know Pete, um, uh, there are so many different solutions that reverse mortgages can, that can provide. Um, I'm always surprised at the next story that he tells me as to how he's uh, helped a, a client. Um, Paul Hines, CFP of Asperient, Director in, uh, in Wealth Management and a partner. Uh, Paul is a Certified uh, Financial Planner professional and professional advisor with more than 38 years of experience. He's a director of um, wealth management and partner in the independent advisory firm Esperient. Experient has more than $1.4 of, uh, of assets under management with offices in <clears throat> Los Angeles, San Francisco, Silicon Valley, San Diego, Orange County, New York, Boston minneapolis milwaukee cincinnati and austin um, paul's a native bostonian and a graduate of the university of virginia and he spent uh, 44 to uh, 22 years with a, a large wall Street firm before he opened his own firm hearthstone and an investment advisory firm in 2006 and they merged with the in 2021 without any further ado pete and paul
1: Thank you, Bill. My name is Pete tentler and I pray on old people. Nobody's ever said that to you, have they? I have on on more than one occasion. There was a time I was playing in a golf match over here at Morgan Run several years ago, and uh, at the end of the match, it was a big tournament. In the the match, we go into the 19th hole to have a Kool Aid. And uh, my opponent says, so, so tell, Pete, tell me, what do you do for a living? I go, I'm a reverse mortgage advisor. And he goes, so you prey on old people. I go, well, okay, w- w- why do you say that? And he goes, well, the reverse mortgage is really, it's a scam. Come on, admit it. I'm like, well, why don't you explain to me how it works? And he goes, your home has to be free and clear. You sign the house over to the bank. The bank in turn pays you a mortgage payment, and when you die, the bank keeps the home and all the remaining equity in the home and leaving your, your heirs with nothing I go oh well that's you know that's a great answer and that that would be the the answer that I would hope to hear if you were if I were to ask you what is the number one misconception about reverse mortgages that would be it so the reality is that your home does not need to be free and clear and oftentimes people say if you just get rid of my mortgage payment we're good we're saving two thousand dollars a month that's four or five months of groceries so just get rid of the mortgage payment and we're fine the second part you always retain title to the home so you can pay off the home you can sell the home whenever you want you're not locked in forever you're always retaining title to the home finally when you die and you will your heirs and will inherit the home and then they will be responsible for paying off the mortgage at that time and when I looked at him, he started kind of turning really pale. And I said, what's the matter? He goes, well, several years ago, I talked a client out of a reverse mortgage. And and now what I'm understanding, it's much different. I had it all wrong. I'm like, well, what's wrong with that? He goes, two years later, he lost his home to a foreclosure. And now I'm learning I could have saved their home. And one thing that I didn't... Um, I didn't ask him. I said, finally, so Larry, what line of work are you in? And this was several years ago. Uh, at the time, Larry was 71 years old, and he's been an estate planning attorney for over 30 years. So what I want to leave you with here today is any questions, anytime. time. I don't expect people in this room to be an expert in reverse mortgages, whether you're a lawyer, financial advisor, CPA. It may only come across your desk once or twice a year. But know that I'm available for these questions so you don't make mistakes like Larry, who had a client lost his home with the foreclosure. There are other stories I can, I can, I can tell you uh, that, that people made the wrong advice to their client and a reverse mortgage could have helped them. Now, sometimes it's not gonna help them and we'll get into that later. So before we go, Brendan, can we get the, the next slide? Yeah, keep going. Right, right there. So before I tell you how awesome this product is, let's address the elephant in the room. And that's the myth versus realities, because I still have people to this day, misunderstanding how it works and what ends up happening is they're giving their clients misguidance. So the number one misconception we've already talked about, uh, the lender owns your home. That's not true uh the home must be free and clear we know that's not true Uh, myth number three is the loan proceeds are taxed okay this is not considered income tax this is this is a loan and the proceeds that you draw on this are income tax free now this is a good solution uh especially in times like today when the markets are volatile and your clients may need some cash flow well why would they why would they sell investments in a down market that know, bill uh, subject to to income or capital gains tax, where if they had a reverse mortgage credit line, they can borrow on that money for cash flow, income tax free. The other myth would be the restrictions on on how to use, there are restrictions on how to use the proceeds. There are no restrictions. There are disclosures within the documents that say, are you planning on uses for investments? And if so, what type of investments? They just want to make sure that you're not getting scammed. And if you are using it for investments, use a certified financial planner to make sure that is the right way to go. I don't I don't give advice on financial or legal issues, but I will ask them sometimes what they're trying what they're planning on doing with the reverse mortgage proceeds. Because again, sometimes it's not the right fit. And I also want to make sure they're not getting scammed. And it happens. <sighs> The other one is only poor people need a reverse mortgage. Many of my affluent clients see a reverse mortgage as a hedge against market volatility. It's asset protection and future borrowing power if they use a reverse mortgage credit line. And I'll get into the credit line growth in a little bit. And again, it's this is something where I want people to, to feel comfortable calling me. I had, there's an attorney here in San Diego, he's retired now, but he called me several years ago and he's always in san diego magazine is one of the top estate planning attorneys in the in the in the city if not the county. And he called me one time and said, "Hey Pete, Pete, I'm sorry this isn't a referral, but I had a client, she just passed away and she had a reverse mortgage. And now the the, the heirs are getting these foreclosure notices. How do we unwind this? How do we avoid these foreclosures?" So I walked him through step by step what happens and and about fifteen minutes later, he says, "Well, that's more information than I than I thought I was going to get. Send me an invoice for your time, and you know I'll, I'll be happy to pay you." He's an attorney, so that's what they do. I'm like Steve, I don't bill for my time. You're you're one of the biggest attorneys in, in San Diego County, and you're calling me for advice. My head is this big, you know, and that applies to everybody else in this room. <clears throat> Excuse me for the notes; it's been. A while since I've done this. Um, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Anyway, there's another uh, myth versus reality up here that 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 um, I was going to change later, but we'll get to in a bit. So the safeguards to a reverse mortgage is is something that I start out right away. Now, now that you understand the myths of the reverse mortgage. Um excuse me. Can you go back one. Okay. Okay, that's fine. Go to the next one, please. <clears throat> so let's take a look at um are you on eligibility? Yeah, that's it. That's it right there. Thank you. Thank you, Brendan. Now that you know the myths, this is how it protects your client. This is a non-recourse loan, meaning that the borrower will never owe more than what the house is worth. So if you look at back in the times back in 2006, uh, I had a client take out a reverse mortgage. And what happened in 2008, 2009, the housing market crashed, but she still had a reverse mortgage. We paid off a small mortgage and then what was left over was put on a reverse mortgage credit line. And that credit line actually has a growth feature. That credit line will continue to increase at the same rate as the interest rate and the mortgage insurance premium. Regardless of the home value, that credit line still increases. So it's a non-recourse loan. And in this situation, several years later, her home didn't rebound as much as she thought it would be. So it literally got a crossover point where the loan balance that she borrowed exceeded the home value but she still had a credit line available for sixty thousand dollars so she literally could have borrowed more money gone underwater and they wouldn't foreclose on the property so it's a non-recourse loan Um, it's also required independent counseling so each applicant has to do a counseling, and it's typically done over the phone. I give them a list of counselors so they make sure that they fully understand how the reverse mortgage works, the pros and the cons and the pitfalls. But they're also going to see, the, excuse me, the counselor is going to see the proposal that I'm giving to the borrower, and they're there to make sure I'm not ripping them off. So you have safeguards in the reverse mortgage that helps protect the borrowers and their heirs. There's no prepayment penalty. The borrowers can pay off the the reverse mortgage at any time by selling the home. If they come into a windfall of cash, there's no prepayment penalty. And there are also caps on the interest rate. So you have two options. You You have a fixed rate and adjustable rate. The fixed rate is going to be when the borrower takes a lump sum of cash. And they'll do that if they're paying off a large current mortgage or perhaps they're using it to purchase a home. And we'll get into that in a minute but if they have a small or no mortgage on their home, it would be an adjustable rate mortgage and that would be a reverse mortgage credit line. And they borrow on the money as they need it. The safeguards on there, there are caps on the adjustable rate mortgage, which is a start rate plus five. Occasionally it just really isn't a good fit. So I recently had a client It said that they wanted to get a reverse mortgage, but they wanted to continue to make mortgage payments. So they wanted to keep it, keep the home in his name, but he wanted to get a reverse mortgage, borrow a little bit of money, have a line of credit, but he wanted to continue to make monthly uh, interest-only payments so the balance wouldn't grow. In that case, I told him, have you looked at a home equity line of credit, a HELOC from your bank or your credit union? He says, yeah, but I kind of like the idea of having a reverse mortgage that the downside to a reverse mortgage, and there are downsides, is that the closing costs can be high. So if he's just having a standby line of credit, he's much better off getting a HELOC from his banker's credit union, especially if he's not planning on staying in the home that long, which he wasn't. Another new uh, benefit to a reverse mortgage, and this is about, about seven or eight years old now, is that there there are age limits, age requirements on a reverse mortgage. So if you're if you're age eligible, but your spouse is not, about eight or ten years ago, you couldn't have them on the loan. Okay. So so the problem with that, and then the, the company that I worked for at the time would not do that. If your spouse was not age eligible, we would not do the reverse mortgage. And here's why. If the Eligible borrowing spouse that's older. When that person dies, the loan becomes due. So they tell the non-eligible spouse, "The loans due. How are you going to pay us back?" Well, if it's a down market like in two thousand nine, two thousand ten, and nobody was buying homes, suddenly they were underwater. Next, you know, the big bad reverse mortgage company forecloses on somebody's mother or grandmother. That law has changed. They now are allowing what they call non-borrowing spouse. So if you have a spouse living in the home with you that is not age eligible, they still are on the loan. So when you die, when the borrower dies, the non-borrowing spouse still gets to stay in the home and move out whenever she decides to move out or when she passes away. <clears throat> so that was a black eye on our industry. So if you ever hear of someone that that had a... Uh, reverse mortgage that foreclosed on their spouse. That was probably the reason why. Yes, Robert. Right. Nothing, nothing happens. But but if the if they're not age eligible at the time, so so the, the, the question is, is that when the borrowing spouse passes away, the non the non borrowing spouse, the non age eligible borrowing spouse still gets to remain in the home. Okay. The only caveat to that is that if there's a credit line available, that credit line closes. So here's an example in in North park, uh, several years ago, I had a client, the couple were renting a home in North park and the landlord says, do you want to buy it? He said, yeah, but we don't have all cash. So their accountant called me and says, tell them about the reverse mortgage for purchase plan. And the, the issue was, was that his wife wasn't age, she was like two years under the age of 62. She was 60 years old, so she's not eligible. And I said, So the, 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 the issue here, there really is no issue because there's no credit line. He was using a lump sum of cash to finance the delta between his down payment. So there's no reason for him to refinance to have his wife on there because if he dies first, she gets to stay in the home and there's no credit line to close because it was a purchase. But thank you for that question. That's a, that's a very good question. So, it, so for a while, there was a, there was a black eye on our industry because of that. Um, eligibility, perfect, thank you. So speaking of eligibility, you have two types of reverse mortgage. One is the, the more popular FHA insured reverse mortgage, which you have to be age 62. And then the other one is the proprietary reverse mortgage uh, where the age is 55. The proprietary is a relatively new product. It's become more and more popular over the recent years. And we'll go into the difference between those in just a moment. But for now, uh, you have those two different minimum age requirements. The FHA insured reverse mortgage is also called, it's actually what it's really called is a Home Equity Conversion Mortgage or HECM. That's the acronym for the FHA rever- uh, insured reverse mortgage. Several years ago, our industry, the National Reverse Mortgage Lenders Association, started a campaign of saying, let's stop calling it a reverse mortgage. I mean, it's a double negative, reverse and mortgage. can not get any more negative than that. And we wanted to start getting back to calling it a home equity conversion mortgage. So one day I get a phone call from, it was a financial planner that says, Hey, my client is looking to get this, this new type of loan. It's called a home equity conversion mortgage. And I said, Adam, it's, 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 it's a reverse mortgage. Why, why is he calling it that? Our industry is trying to get away from saying reverse mortgage and instead calling it a home equity conversion mortgage, what it's actually called. So I tried it with some of my clients, and one of them said, this, this one woman, she's quite a spark plug. She's like, why are you trying to put sheep's clothing on something? Like, all right, so I so I continue to call it a reverse mortgage. So getting back onto the eligibility, the eligibility, the property has to be their primary residence. They can have a vacation home and spend months over there, but this is need to be their primary residence. Uh, the reverse mortgage is going to be in first position. So any existing mortgages or liens must be paid off and will be usually paid off by the reverse mortgage. Eligible properties: If it's the FHA-insured reverse mortgage and it's a condominium, it has to be FHA-approved. The proprietary does not need an FHA-approved, but it does need to meet all the requirements of an FHA-insured, FHA excuse me, FHA-approved condominium property, such as owner occupancy, uh, fidelity bond, um, and uh, reserves in their in their account. Another issue that's, oh, and by the way, you can do a manufactured home, but we can't do mobile home, log home, dome homes, any other odd or difficult marketable homes that, that you may, may occur. There's this one company I worked for said no igloos. Like I don't, I don't get a problem here in California about igloos. So uh, it's something else that's relatively new in reverse mortgages, I'd say it's about eight or 10 years old now is a financial assessment. When I first started in the reverse mortgage business back in 95, um, we did pull credit, but we weren't concerned about your credit score. We weren't concerned about any bankruptcies. Um, And we weren't really concerned about income because there's no mortgage payments required on a reverse mortgage. Well, the problem that started coming up um, was that people were running out of money too quickly and they were unable to pay their property taxes or their property insurance. And then the county begins foreclosure. So you you can, you can lose your home in a reverse mortgage, it's just very difficult. There's no mortgage payments required, so how are they gonna foreclose on that? So now they wanna do a financial assessment and they are gonna look at credit score, they're gonna look at credit history for the last two years, and they're gonna wanna make sure that you still have the financial capacity and willingness to continue to to pay the property taxes, property insurance, and any uh, utilities and lifestyle based on your zip code. So I've covered quite a lot. I've given you a lot of information in a very short time. Does anybody have any questions at this point? So the takeaway I want you to have from all of this, and I, I have more to talk, believe me, Um, the takeaway is I want you to understand that the reverse mortgage is not as scary as you think. A lot of people still think, and I still hear this from attorneys and financial advisors. They still think that the borrower is going to lose the home in the end. And my answer to that is, well, in the end, they really lose all worldly possessions, right? They say, well, you know what I mean? It's the house and the kids, the kids will get the home. Don't worry about that. But there's also many applications that can solve uh, any financial and family dilemmas that the the borrowers might be might be facing so again what I want you to take away from the, all of this is any questions anytime you're not an expert in reverse mortgages I don't expect you to be after this presentation but I want you to take take away from the saying I think there's more clients that could benefit from this than I think and that's where I say I'm always available for any questions anytime yes sir Right, right. <clears throat> right. So he's asking about the non recourse. How to ex- explain that the, the non recourse. So back in two thousand nine, two thousand eight, I mean I actually had a client, took out a reverse mortgage in two thousand six and home values dropped. She still had plenty of credit line left over. If she borrowed all the money on the credit line, she would have been underwater. So at that point, because it's an FHA-insured, non-recourse loan, the loan doesn't become due. We're, we're not going to foreclose on the home. We're not going to send over a couple of thugs and make it look like an accident
2: so we can get her out of the house, right? So, um, it's, it's hey, Pete, I think George is asking, the security on loan is the house. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, they they, they yeah. can't come over. They, okay, thank you. They, they, they thank
1: you. Thank you, Paul. They, they can't they can't take anything more than the home. So if the home. Thank you, Paul. So if the home is worth a million dollars, excuse me, if the home is worth nine hundred thousand and they owe a million, they can't come after you for that hundred thousand dollar Delta. So let so now that you brought that up and thank you for bringing that up. Uh, at the time of death, if the home is underwater, the heirs have two options. They can walk away from the home unscathed. The loan's not in their name, so it's not going to affect their credit report. Or they have the option of buying the home at 95% of current market value. So if they sometimes they want to keep the home in the family for whatever reason, they have option for buying it for 95% loan value. Yet that typically the way me typically the way the home is paid back is by selling the home that's typically what they do because the the adult children are already established they have their own homes
2: i was just going to add uh, they retain title okay. so they can do whatever they want
1: right right they keep title to the home thank you for that reminder um sometimes they say we want to keep the home and they they either have cash in the bank to pay it off or they go get a, a mortgage of their own to pay it off they refinance it. Right. I'm, I'm doing one right now where um, I helped a mother back four or five years ago. They're in, they're in Los Angeles. She just passed away a couple of months ago. Uh, her son wants to keep the home. So he's 57 years old. A year ago, he was not eligible for a reverse mortgage. Today he is, so he's using a reverse mortgage to pay off his mother's reverse mortgage and keep the home. So it's a very interesting situation. But thank you for that question. Um, okay, so uh, disbursement options, thank you. So you have options. Remember in the beginning, I was talking about the attorney that said that uh, the borrower gets a monthly mortgage payment from the lender. Yes, they can opt for that you can choose a monthly amount, you can choose a dollar amount, you can choose a term, meaning saying, you know, I want the maximum I can get for the rest of my life. Fine, we'll set it up that way, if that's what you want. Or you can say, I only wanna borrow $1,000 a month for the next three years until I turn 70 and a half, right? 72 for social security? 70. So this is an option where your financial advisor or tax advisor may say, look at the option of deferring your Social Security payment until the age of 70. Well, I need money now. Well, a reverse mortgage can build that gap and they can give you what you need for a short period of time. You're not locked in throughout the entire time. Now, again, I don't give financial advice, so I would refer to your financial planner or your CPA if that's a better option, as opposed to taking social security right away. The other option is that the borrower can take a lump sum, excuse me, they can take a lump sum payment. They can get all the money upfront. And the option on that would be ideal if, let's say we have a, they get approved for a reverse mortgage of $400,000. If they had a mortgage, that was near 400,000. Then the lump sum would be the best idea. And the lump sum is going to be a fixed rate. If their home is, and the other option would be if they're using it to purchase a new home, and that was the other surprise myth I was talking about, and we'll get into that in a moment, um, then they would use a lump sum. If the home is free and clear or near free and clear, the best option, in, in my opinion, would be the credit line, and that's gonna be an adjustable rate mortgage. They can use that credit line for whatever they want. They can take monthly payments from it. They can leave it just as a standby line of credit. And the credit line has a growth feature not found on a HELOC. And I'm gonna get into that in just a moment. Or they can get a combination, yeah, Robert. Robert, Robert's question was, can a reverse mortgage be refinanced if the conditions see fit, as in greater value or lower interest rate? Absolutely. There was a big refi boom the last three years where I refinanced the majority of my clients. So the, the interest rates came way down. The home values were way up. They got much more money. I think that refi boom is over. But that was fine. That was only about 25% of my business. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's a great question. Um, the other, the other, other side of that, speaking in reverse, when that's where I thought you were going, what happens if the home value drops, if the home value drops, remember this is a non-recourse loan, that credit line still stays intact. Just like that woman that I refinanced in LA for 2000, 2006, her credit line continued to increase even though the home values continued to go down. So, great question. Thank you very much. Uh yes, sir.
2: I was going to say it's it's a non-cancelable loan. So, we'll talk about that a little bit more later, but unlike a HELOC did anybody have their HELOC either frozen or canceled in 2008, 2009? A lot, a lot of people did.
1: A friend of mine did. A friend of mine, he just gutted his kitchen. And he called me up and says, they just canceled my HELOC. He was going to put in this like $50,000, $75,000 state of the art kitchen at a condo downtown high-rise that hasn't been remodeled since whatever, 1969 or something. And uh, he goes, I was going to use the HELOC to do that. I'm like, they can call that at any time. So he ended up borrowing from his investment account. And he paid taxes on that because he couldn't pay it back within 90 days. Is that Right? Maybe he sold if it. If it was an IRA. Yeah.
2: If it was an IRA. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I remember he's he saying he was paying taxes on that. So, great question. So, finally, the, the disbursement options there's a combination of all three. You can take a lump sum, uh, leave it a credit line, and a monthly stipend. So, maybe you have a small mortgage to pay off. This is a woman up in. Uh, Uplands, California. I think it's San Bernardino County. Nice home, recently widowed. She had a small first mortgage, but the interest rate was like 8% when everybody else was 5.5%. She had a ton of equity in her home. And her late husband left her a gift of $75,000 in credit card debt that she never knew about. So she goes to her local bank or credit union and she says, I'd like to get a, a home equity line on a credit and maybe refinance my home. But I want to get a HELOC to pay off these credit card debts. She didn't qualify. Her debt to income ratio was so high that it doesn't, re- she could not, according to the bank standards, she didn't have enough money to pay the mortgage payment, even after everything was paid off. So we came in, I came in, got a reverse mortgage credit line, paid off the first, paid off the $75,000 in uh, credit card debt, and then um, left her a credit line of $135,000 and a $500 additional monthly stipend. So I remember her, after the closing, the notary leaves and she says, can you stick around? I'm like, sure, I'll stick around. And she started, I could tell her lips started quivering and her eyes started getting all watered up and she says, You know, I thought I was gonna lose this house. I thought I was gonna have to sell this house to pay everything off. And I didn't know what to do. I was running out of money with my financial planner. all this equity was locked up. You're like a locksmith. So that's where a friend of mine called me the financial locksmith because I can unlock the equity in your home so you can secure your financial future. Um, All right, I'm running, running a little bit late. Am I okay on time? Okay. Just getting warmed up. <clears throat> Any questions? Okay. Yes. Yes. The you, you the the property has to be eligible. Um, they won't do strange homes like like log homes, dome homes, um, igloos. Talked about that. Um, it's, it's rare. I mean, I, I did a dome home out in La, Mesa, it was in La Mesa. It was Pine Valley. And I had no idea that it was a dome home. Like, yeah, look at the place. I mean, it's just like this big rotunda. Um, they can do manufactured homes. And another way I found out is the when a manufactured home is ineligible, if it's been moved. So it has to come from the manufacturer planted there and it can't move from there. And I had no idea that it was ineligible. Ron. So that's 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 one of the hidden features is that when the lien is recorded for a reverse mortgage it's not going to be for the loan amount it's going to be 150% of the appraised value. So if the home is worth 500,000 the lien's going to be for 750,000. If it's a home equity conversion mortgage FHA insured there's going to be a second mortgage with HUD for the exact same amount. So what happens is that when the loan balance hits a certain amount the lender is paid off hud moves seamlessly into first position but now what you have is that you have a property that is so so encumbered that it is is less palatable to creditors or predators that are trying to put a lien on your property Right, right. So yeah, I had an attorney call me and said, "Hey, the borrower died, and uh, the mortgage statement says a hundred thousand, but the lien is nine hundred thousand. What, what is this?" So no, it's a hundred thousand. And and again, that's where it's, you know, call me. That's a great question, Ron. Any questions? Anytime. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that uh, probably right now. So, so sometimes people say, well, why don't I just get a home equity line of credit, a HELOC? So, what's the difference between a reverse mortgage, HECM versus a uh, home equity line of credit, HELOC? Well, the main, the number one benefit of a reverse mortgage is that there's no mortgage payments required. That's the whole idea. People are in retirement and they say, just get rid of my mortgage payment. I can enjoy my retirement a little bit better. If somebody has a $1,500 or $2,000 a month mortgage payment, that's a do for a golf country club, right? So play golf the rest of your life, get rid of your mortgage payment, join a tennis club, travel, enjoy your retirement. You've worked hard for it, let the house now work for you. Um, Debt income can be an issue How does the borrower repay the mortgage? And we just talked about that with my client, Jean, who thought she was gonna lose her house. She she didn't qualify for a HELOC with a debt to income ratio. There's no term limit on a reverse mortgage. So if you have a home equity line of credit, if you read the fine print, that credit line is good for 10 years. If you wanna borrow again off that credit line, you have to refinance that. So imagine if you're a 72 year old person and 10 years later you're 82 and you want to re you want to get more money out of your home equity line of credit you have to qualify again and what happens is as seniors or retired people get older and older they may take on more debt but they're not bringing in more income so now their debt to income ratio as they get older usually makes it more difficult to qualify for a, a HELOC And because there's no mortgage payments required on a reverse mortgage, it's typically a lot easier to qualify for a reverse mortgage than a HELOC because we don't need to see that much income. You're not making mortgage payments. Just demonstrate that you're able to still pay the property taxes and property insurance and we'll get you the loan. Just like with the the woman Jean up in in Uplands. It was a perfect, perfect example. Uh, it's a non-recourse loan, as we talked about before. There's no mortgage payments to be missed, so the chances are of getting foreclosure are, are slim. They still have to pay the property taxes and property insurance. We talked about that. Whereas if you miss a, a mortgage payment with a HELOC, they're coming after you. Believe it. The reverse mortgage credit line has a growth feature. I'm going to talk about that here in a moment and the heloc as we talk as paul brought up that could be frozen if the markets are volatile or if the housing markets in turmoil they'll freeze that credit line sometimes a reverse mortgage is not a good of choice so addressing the, the person uh, virtual and zoom the closing costs on a reverse reverse mortgage can be high so occasionally uh, this happened two years ago a gentleman called me in his mid-70s he said he has a house that's free and clear, it's worth $700,000 plus, and he wants to borrow money on a reverse mortgage credit line so he can fix up the home and sell it. Okay, well, how much do you plan on borrowing? $50,000, $75,000? Well, I can get you that money on a, on a reverse mortgage, but keep in mind, your closing costs are going to be high. Your closing costs are going to be in the neighborhood of eighteen dollars or $19,000, which will finance onto the loan, but... When it comes time for him to pay that fifty or seventy five thousand dollars back he's going to pay an additional nineteen thousand dollars so i told him you're better off calling your bank and asking him about a heloc where the closing costs are going to be next to nothing and you're going to have a much lower uh interest rate and and, and borrow on that heloc in in installments when you get paint pay the painter carpet pay the carpenter and so on okay i hope that answered the question to the person online Okay. Any questions so far? So let's talk about the credit line growth rate.
2: One more question on on the closing costs. Can you uh, define what the components of the closing costs are?
1: You have your typical third-party closing costs, title and escrow, just like every mortgage. But then there's going to be a a, a big upfront mortgage insurance fee, which is going to be 2% of the appraised value. So if the house is worth $700,000, it 2% is going to be $14,000 additional closing costs. Those costs are paid the finance onto the loan. And that mortgage insurance premium is there to uh, guarantee that it's non-recourse. So they're not going to owe more than what the house is worth, which we discussed. It also guarantees the credit line growth rate and that the credit line will not be frozen.
2: And that payment goes to whom?
1: That payment goes to FHA. There is a loan origination fee on occasion. A broker may charge a loan origination fee that goes right to his pocket. But to me, if the loan is large enough, I don't charge an origination fee. I don't charge an origination fee if they're borrowing 100% or if they're borrowing to purchase, I don't charge an origination fee. It's kind of nice being independent. So I can make my own rules with my own, my own overhead, which is none. Um, but yeah, that's that's how that works. I can go into more detail if you want to later on. That's the closing cost. So that's something to consider. Again, if it's short term borrowing, you're probably better off with a HELOC than a reverse mortgage. So we're on uh, the. Yeah, go to the next one. We covered that, right? So this is an example of the credit line growth rate. Um, a, A misconception about reverse mortgages. And, and I've heard people say this. Is it, Pete, we've, we've heard you speak about this, you are very thorough, you're very clear. Uh, we get it. We understand the reverse mortgage. but, but I think I'm going to tell my client, just get one when you need one. Don't get one now. Uh, you use this as an, as an option of last resort. Well, here's a reason why I'm going to say this could be a, an option of first resort. Unlike the Heloc, the FHA insured Heckam, has a growth feature. The credit available credit line is going to increase at the same rate as the interest rate, plus 50 basis points annually. So let's take a, an example. Here's a couple that's 62 years old. They have a home value of 970,000. Their credit line increases by the interest rate and the mortgage insurance premium, which currently is 5.09 which was a lot lower about four months ago, now that rates have up. So unfortunately when rates go up on the reverse mortgage, the loan to value percentage goes down. But let's take example that, that assuming that this couple has a home that's free and clear. So they're eligible on a $970,000 home of a credit line of Excuse me, $360,000. In 10 years, if you look at your notes, that credit line has increased to over $600,000. At age 80, his borrowing power has increased to over a million. At 85, and this is the age that my parents needed in-home care, that credit line available is over 1.3 million. So consider the the cost of in-home care. And some, there's some professionals in here. I've got a client right now, $15,000 a month. They didn't have insurance for it. And the insurance for long-term care or in-home care can be expensive, especially if you don't take it out at an early age like 49 or 50. But what this is doing here is that this is taking care of that long-term care plan without the expensive premiums every month. And And what happens if the borrower never uses that that premium so now what we've done is we've unlocked the equity we created a credit line that has an in, a growth feature that and that's tied to the interest rate so when interest rates tick up hey they're getting more money so for once you have a client that has an adjustable rate mortgage that when interest rates go up they're celebrating so this is ideal for someone to take it out at an earlier age whereas compared to the next slide please Same situation, except this time the borrower is 72 years old. Now he's eligible for a greater loan amount of 417000 because he's older. So the older the borrower, the greater the loan to value percentage. So some people say, well, if I wait 10 years, won't I get more money? Well, initially, yes. But look at the growth feature on this. At age 80, his credit line has increased to 662000 At age 85 his line of credit is 884,000. Now, this is not bad. I mean, it's still good. But look at if, if you advised your client to take out a reverse mortgage at age 62, he would have about $500,000 more borrowing power. And again, remember, non recourse, if that home value goes down, that credit line still increases, he still has access to all this money. Now, occasionally, a a client like this, and I've had one several years ago where their home was free and clear, it's over in Claremont, and um, both retired, had a good pension, didn't really need any money, but they said, we want to get this credit line because we like the growth feature. So I said, well, if we increase the margin on the interest rate, your loan amount that you can borrow today will go down a little bit, but your growth feature is going to grow even higher. So if we went from 2.5% margin to a 3% margin, you're growing a little bit better. And he looked at me and he says, is that as high you can go? Can't you go any higher? Because the numbers really worked out for them in, in their favor. Question? No, we can, any questions, anytime. time. That's my next slide. Uh, no, it does not. The, the proprietary reverse mortgage is a non-recourse loan, but the growth feature is much less. And it's for a much shorter period of time. It's only for seven years. So um, we're gonna, why don't we get to that next slide right now and I can explain that in more clearly. So did everyone, the, the, the question was, was the growth feature on the proprietary credit line as as good or as handsome as the uh fha reverse mortgage no it is not so let's let's get into that the proprietary versus um so the the, the 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 downside especially here in southern california on the fha insured reverse mortgage the maximum loan value they will give to your home is nine hundred seventy thousand eight hundred. so if if you have a home that's worth one million dollars you're only going to get a percentage of 970,000, okay? Uh, whereas the proprietary, they can do a loan amount up to $6 million. The largest loan I've done so far is just under 2 million. I've done several between 1 million and, and 1.9 million. Um, I flirted with one that was 8 million. And I flirted another one that was going to be a purchase of a, uh, 7 million. And this couple was just out of touch with reality. I'll I'll, I'll bore you with it some other time, but it's, it's, it's amazing on on some people just out of touch. So it's, it's based on what's going to be better for you depending on your age.
0: Oh,
1: we are. Okay. Uh, So, so basically which one is best for my client? And that's, Let's go to the next one. So if you're looking at the FHA reverse mortgage, the benefits of that is the lower rate, greater credit line growth for future borrowing. You would consider the proprietary if your home value was greater than a million, greater loan amounts, and a qualifying age of only 55 where the FHA is 62. I would consider that a HELOC would be in your best interest if you're okay with mortgage payments, but you're also going to get a lower rate Lower closing costs and short term borrowing. Yep. uh, It it has changed annually, I think, in the last four or five years consistently. But for some years, it remained the same over the 25 years. Um, Go ahead.
2: Go ahead. All right. So Pete definitely is the the guy to ask questions about reverse mortgages. I definitely have his number in my phone on speed dial. So uh, I recommend you do that as well. So I'm going to take a look at the reverse mortgage from a planning perspective, from a financial planning perspective. And there's other financial planners in the room here. I I saw Carolyn, Will, Sandra, Karen. Uh, Most of us never, ever considered the reverse mortgage as a viable tool. Right. So the history of reverse mortgages, the first reverse mortgage in the country was issued in 1981. Go to the next set of slides. Keep going. Keep going. More. More. Yeah. There we go. Oh, and this is a picture of all the uh, wealth managers that uh, had in the San Diego office, including Sandra Connors here at the table and Karen Clapp in the back over there. So the re- history of reverse mortgages doesn't go that far back. 1981, the first reverse mortgage was issued in the United States. Um, 1989, FHA uh, started to do the Heckam program. In 1998, they made it permanent. And prior to 2012, Financial planners really didn't consider heckams as a viable tool in the tool chest, right? Will, did you ever think you'd? No. So in 2012, a paper came out, and it was published in the Journal of Financial Planning, um, Standby Reverse Mortgages, a Risk Management Tool. So prior to this, uh, when you're doing retirement planning for someone, usually there's a couple of risks that you want to solve for. One of them is how much do you need to withdraw from your portfolio to fund your retirement lifestyle, right? And there was a paper done back in the 1980s that said you can withdraw 4% um, and the portfolio will remain intact. So it's called the 4% rule. What if someone needs more than that? Um, So you you wanna try to solve for that. The other problem that comes up is if taking regular withdrawals from your investment portfolio, what do you do when the market's down? And Pete mentioned this earlier you want to try to avoid selling investments when they're down because once they're sold, they can't recover. So that's the sequence of return risk. So you want to try to solve for that. So prior to 2012, what most financial planners did is they set up a bucket, which would be filled with cash or short-term bonds. And when the market's down, you draw on the cash bucket instead of selling your investments. And that was very standard practice to solve for that sequence of return risk problem. But what's the problem with that you could run out of cash but also cash is not a very high earning investment right so there's a cash drag on the return on the portfolio if you have a lot of cash and, and the rule of thumb was you'd have about two years worth of withdrawals in cash so that could be a significant amount of cash so this study t- took a look at maybe there's another option another option than the cash bucket that might be solved by using a reverse mortgage. So that that uh, article came out in 2012 That started financial planners just started to think about whether a reverse mortgage is a viable option in in the tool chest. Then in 2016, there was a book written um, on reverse mortgages, how to use reverse mortgages to, to secure your retirement. So this is a very recent phenomenon. so obviously the number one concern when someone is retired is they're concerned about running out of money before they run out of time right and we talked about the spending rate and then the sequencing risk so we're going to take a look at could this be solved by what's called a standby reverse mortgage go ahead to the next slide please so a standby reverse mortgage is a reverse mortgage on the home. So you have to imagine this particular scenario, the, the client profile is they have an investment portfolio, and have a house with equity. So not everybody fits that profile, but that's the profile we're going to be talking about. We'll talk about some of the other solutions for other people a little bit later if we have time. So they go ahead and get the reverse mortgage, and put it on standby. So it's the line of credit type of reverse mortgage. When the market's up, so now they have they have three buckets really. So you still put six months worth of withdrawals in cash instead of two years. So a lot less cash, ca- less cash drag. You have the reverse mortgage and you have your investment portfolio. So it's three buckets. When the market's up, you sell investments to take out the, the cash flow that you need. When the market's down, you draw on the cash. If you exhaust the cash, you go to the reverse mortgage line of credit. So you're not forced to sell investments when the market's down, and you have, you have the cash flow that you need, and you have enough time for the markets to recover, which typically they do. Does that make sense? Then when the market goes back up, you sell investments to replenish the cash bucket and you pay off the mortgage. You pay off the reverse mortgage. You, you would pay it down. Pay it down. Pay it down, keep keep the credit line open. Yep. That's what I meant to say, pay it down, not, not pay it off. Because you want to keep that open because you might need it again.
1: I think you have to have a hundred dollar balance. Sometimes it's a thousand, sometimes a hundred, sometimes it's a dollar, depending on the lender. Yeah, good, good question.
2: So as you can see, um, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Cash, cash is no cost, um, but it's low return. Um, HELOC, low cost, but it's cancelable. And the HECM, non-cancelable, but it's higher cost. But it is possible um, that you can use this three-bucket strategy, and one of the buckets is a reverse mortgage next slide please okay so we already talked about this the three bucket strategy can you go to the next slide please so this strategy has been studied and there are papers out about this so i just wanted to summarize the the uh, conclusions so if you use the strategy the three bucket strategy using 6 months cash reverse mortgage as a standby in your investment portfolio, you can actually withdraw more than four percent and still keep the portfolio intact. So, some of the studies show you can withdraw as much as six and three quarters percent, depending upon the factors, um, and still keep the portfolio intact. And that's over um, a forty-year retirement lifespan. So that means you retire, and you still have forty years to go. So that was a conclu- the conclusion of a 2013 study uh, by the same people that wrote that 2012 article. And if you turn one more slide, please. This is a graph showing three hypothetical portfolios. Um, the blue one is just the portfolio with cash, the two-bucket strategy. Uh, the red and the green ones are using the standby reverse mortgage strategy. So. It- the study shows this was a 20. This was the 2012 study, the study shows that the portfolio has a higher likelihood of lasting a longer time with the reverse mortgage um, bucket strategy. Are seniors concerned about running out of cash? Absolutely. Years? Their number, number one concern. So the conclusion of that study was that it improves portfolios survival rate by a significant amount. And the reason why it does that, there's less drag from the cash and you don't have to sell investments when the market is down. So those are the planning conclusions. Um, As financial planners, we always look at um, what are all the possible solutions that we can think of and uh, what's the the best one for the situation? What's the best one for the client? That's really the only considerations that we have. Um, So I'm not here to promote reverse mortgages I I do think it's something to keep in mind. It's a tool in the tool chest for financial planners. Um, Pete has done a great job explaining how they work and what they do and what they don't do and what the costs are and what the risks are. Um, And I think if you have a discussion with your client and they can have an open mind, which many, many clients don't want, don't have an open mind when it comes to reverse mortgage. I can remember one time we we said the word, and the first thing out of my mouth was nope. Uh, Do you want to learn about it? Nope. <laughs> so you, you, the client has to have an open mind. They have to have equity in the home, um, and there's some other risks. Um, the estate, the overall estate value could possibly be less because the reverse mortgage is eating into the equity. Uh, there are costs which we discussed. And there's an interest rate. Um, Pete brought this up, and I think it's important to know that a lot of people don't have long-term care insurance. It's expensive. Um, And if they don't have that insurance, how are they going to pay for care? And hard to get. Yeah. Thanks, George. So insurance is hard to get and getting harder. Um, So if they don't have that insurance, they often thought that the home equity is their last... That's their safety safety net, um, and this is another thing that would be you know possible as a safety net to use a reverse mortgage. If someone is debt averse, they're not going to be a, a likely candidate. And I put down control spending. So if someone has a a lack of control with their spending, so they go to the casinos, or you know, or they're su- susceptible to scams they buy lottery tickets that this may not be the best thing for them because that's, that's not going to be there. If they spend it on something like that, it's not going to be there to help protect them when they need it. So you were
1: talking about the people when you brought up reverse mortgages An immediate no. Yeah. So I, I, my first reverse mortgage loan I I did was in January of 1995. So over all these years and, and in and out of, uh, housing market recessions i've helped hundreds of people in their retirement with a reverse mortgage there's two people i cannot help people that are not eligible obviously and those that just don't want to listen if you don't want to listen i can't help you but if you give me 10 minutes give me seven minutes i can show you that it's not this ugly 300 monster that you think it is it's not just for poor people it's, it's an astute financial planning, as, as, as Paul brought up. And it's not as bad as you think.
2: Yep. Next one, please, bring OK, so last but not least, there are other financial planning opportunities with HECM's. We already covered the standby line of credit, uh, retirement income, Longevity risk, that's that's a big issue now because people are definitely living longer. Uh, Pete already talked about the gap coverage if you want to delay Social Security. Um, right sizing, so that's a big issue with people these days. Um, they want to get into the right size home or maybe get rid of stairs, whatever they wanted to do. And maybe they don't want to have a mortgage payment. Um, home improvements, especially for aging in place. Um replace the mortgage, which Pete already talked about capital gains avoidance. So if you need to do something or you want to do something, you don't want to sell your investments at, at the higher prices, this might be an option. And Pete brought this up asset protection. If you take out a reverse mortgage, the liens put on the house make it very unattractive to a creditor or a predator. So that's all I had. And I think we can open up for questions. Can I, can I do one more, one
1: more thing? You're talking about right sizing. And this is a, a feature that not a lot of people are aware of. And this is the, the surprise myth or misconception. Uh, using a reverse mortgage to finance the purchase of a home. A lot of people are unaware that that works, how that works. Realtors don't understand this. And they're leaving a lot of money on the table. Uh, several years ago, I had a couple in, in Poway. Uh, their goal was to retire and downsize to a new home with zero mortgage payment. The dilemma they had, they'd lacked the equity to purchase a home with all cash in San Diego County. So they this is, again, several years ago, they netted about $350,000 from, they would have netted $350 from the sale of their home. At the time, there were homes in San Diego that you can buy for $350,000, but now you're compromising not just the location, but the size of the home. So the realtor started showing them home up in Menifee Lakes. Which is in Riverside County, about 70-75 miles from here, to this uh, gated community called the Oasis. Nice community. You can buy a home there for 300,000 at the time. Now it's 550. Uh, but their dilemma that the the couple said, we're moving 75 miles away from our our friends, our family, our grandkids. This just doesn't work. So the CPA brought me in. Um, we discussed the reverse mortgage option, and openly the couple were there their daughter was there the son-in-law was there and in the end Jen said you know I heard all these bad things about it but now that you've explained it now I'm asking you what's the catch it sounds too good to be true well Jen the catch is this is that when your parents pass away and you inherit the home if they have a reverse mortgage on there there's going to be less equity for you and your husband to inherit So, if you're counting on the equity in the home, you're better off having them move to Menifee Lakes, and you'll have a house that's free and clear when they pass away. And Jen got a little upset and said, we don't need inheritance. What we need are babysitters. My husband and I need a date night. We need a night out with our friends or go to our friend's wedding. We want to sleep in on Sunday. The parents pick them up Saturday morning, spoil them all day bring them home Sunday afternoon. We barbecue, watch Disney movies, and there's no freaking way that, and she didn't use freaking, there's no freaking way they can do that if they're from Menife- They're driving all the way down from Menifee Lake, 75 miles away. How fast can you get this done? So I, I <clears throat> invited myself over to the house, the new house, three months later, and they moved to Seven Oaks, which is just a few exits up from uh, the kids home in, in, in Scripps Ranch and they had a spare bedroom for the grandkids, they had a den on the golf course and they were able to buy a home for close to $600,000 and they still had $50,000 left over and one said this house is just the right size and the other one said that we didn't have to compromise on our living situation. I was driving home and I was thinking reverse mortgage for purchase, right size without compromise I was working for a big reverse mortgage company at the time. And I called the marketing department and said, hey, what do you think of this? Like, we don't like it. what don't you like about it? We just don't like it. If you like it so much, you get it trademarked. So I called my IP attorney, got it trademarked.
2: And now I'm on my own. Yeah. Questions either from the, uh, okay.
1: The owner cannot rent the home
2: I want to repeat the question.
1: Oh, i'm sorry the, the, the question is is what happens if the borrower moves out to assisted living and wants to rent out the home uh, that has to be the primary residence so once they permanently move out of the home the loan becomes due so especially if, if if you're moving to assisted living temporarily that's fine as long as you move back within the year but if you know that you're permanently moving out your, your best interest is to sell the home as soon as possible
2: is there a six month wait? Is that twelve month? Twelve month from when you move out. Yeah, okay. Um the last one online, do proceeds from ELOC for additional reverse mortgage or an account qualified for a bank trip's multibank
1: That I don't know. It's a great question. It's a good question. So they, they they I know that I know that the the courts cannot force the sale of the home. I know they can they they cannot force them to take out a loan to pay off. I know that. But that's that's a lawyer that's a bankruptcy lawyer question. If you get me their
2: name, I'll I'll get them a bankruptcy attorney to, to answer it. Lauren Humphrey.
1: I know oh all yeah, the Lauren. And how I come, think how Pete, come
2: she's not here. Pete had a Pretty good story illustrating (laughs) how he's helped a client avoid bankruptcy, right? By having the reverse mortgage in place. Questions from the audience here. (laughs) Home title theft.
1: So if, 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 if somebody is a high-profile individual the the the, repeat the question please people looking to sue you so it's especially if you have an estate planning attorney that that specializes in asset protection strategies okay jeffrey verdon was someone here that that spoke um and, and if they have a high-profile client that's susceptible to being sued, sometimes they'll use a reverse mortgage to encumber the property to make it look less attractive to people that want to put
2: a lien on the property. No. I brought up title theft and title fraud. It's one example of a predator. So this is an example of an asset protection strategy. If knowingly
1: that the borrower was going to be sued then yeah that I, I guess it could be
2: yeah that's a legal question but um but in Ron case Greenwald it's, yeah. brought up the fact that when you look at a title when they have a reverse mortgage the lien on the property is a big number usually more than the value of the house but you, you don't have to borrow that money you just have the mortgage in place so it makes it less attractive to people that want to sue you and go after your assets and I brought up title theft it's it is a problem So a title thief will look at the um, information that's publicly available. If they see a huge lien on the property, they're less likely to go after that property. Yeah, there's such thing as title lock uh, protection. Yeah. So, yeah good point he brought up about having your your property in an entity so you're thinking like llc or something like that or yeah that, that has advantages and disadvantages the the disadvantage is when if you have it in an llc and one of the um, spouses passes away you don't get the step up in value so
1: that's right right <laughs> you're not going get a, you're not, probably not going to get a loan on an llc either but that's, I mean, that's, it works for, it, like I said before, reverse mortgage is a great product. It's just not for everybody. It. it what is? Yeah. What is?
2: Nothing's questions. perfect. But thank you for the
1: question. The Absolutely. In a, in a traditional mortgage, you have to take the title out of the trust, record the lien, and put it back in the trust. In the reverse, we record directly into the trust. But excellent question.
2: Yes, Dan.
1: Yeah, it's owner, it has to be owner occupied. Um, it can be up to four units, What one to, one to four units.
2: And you, you have to be living in one of them.
1: Me? I was transferred to San Diego in 19, December of 94 to start a reverse mortgage division for a Fortune 100 company. Um, so that long, but then I was also an independent mortgage broker doing both sides. And then between 2009 and 2010, there was no business. So I was bagging
2: groceries. Did I'm you getting, say w- what years have you been the busiest?
1: Oh, the busiest, uh, um, 20, 2016, 2018. Um, but that's when I was working for a company 2020. And 2021 was was highly more profitable to speak candidly because i'm independent so we've had some very good years maybe coming into some headwinds though with rising rates but thank you i think that's it all right thank you everybody for your questions and your
0: attention Pete, Paul, thank you so very much. A lot to digest in that uh, presentation, uh, but I think it really is a great option to explore, Uh, thinking about Paul and sifting through the possibilities and then comparing those with HELOCs and then the whole world of uh, reverse mortgages. Pete is certainly the guy. Um, Our August 2nd meeting is with Phil Sullivan and Jeremy Crickard of Sullivan McGibbons and Crickard and Associates. And uh, it's going to be a fascinating presentation. There are two uh, totally advanced uh, estate planning attorneys, and they're going to be sharing with us what they've been working on in the last few years uh, with the coming expiration of the $11 million tax-free estate in 2025. So thank you all for coming, and we'll see you soon.